Hello and welcome to the EDH RecCast. My name is Joey Schultz and I am joined by my fantastic co-hosts. First up, he loves the card Manamorphos. That is Matt Morgan. Joey, since the Mandalorian is so popular, I figured I'd start a band with some of my buddies. We're going to call ourselves the Stormtroopers, but we're never going to have a hit, any hits. I, oh. I I could see where that one was going. I'm proud of I, myself. I couldn't I because I, otherwise I, I, I would have hit it. Oh <laughs> that was great. Thank you, Matt. Uh, next up, he loves mana, but not more foes. That's Dana Roach. I already have my Christmas shopping done for both of you two this year. I got you the new secret lair uh, themed around Christmas music, where all the cards are built on Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. So look forward to getting that next couple Thanks, weeks. Thanks, Dana. You're welcome. Sounds pretty I, legendary. I, 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 <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> anyway, this is the EDH RecCast. EDH Rec is the best deck building resource on the web for the commander format, compiling data from deck lists all over the internet to provide helpful recommendations for new commander decks. And here on the podcast, what we'd like to do is give all that data a little more context. Ladies, gents, and everyone in between, we have the absolute honor of being joined this episode by the radiant, a phenomenal guest. She had that metal craft even before Wizards made it a keyword ability. It's Olivia <laughs> Gobert Hicks. Oh my, radiant. My goodness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> you, you are so welcome. Olivia, it's great to have you with yeah. us here on, on the cast. Happy to be here. We, we've had you on before. Mm-hmm. It was like in episode 86 or something like that when we were talking about playstyles. But ever since then, we've got video now. So it's what? awesome to be able to actually video cast with you, too. Yeah, this is great. Uh, so we've got you on to basically kind of help us wrap up the year. Dana, what is it that we're talking about on this particular episode? Um, we're going to talk about the 2020 Year in Commander Review. Basically, yeah, it's our EDH Rec EDH Review. Just looking past the entire year to see what the highlights were, what the lowlights were, the data that's kind of come from all of the sets and all of the um, many, many products that we've received in this year and just go through it. But of course, before we actually get to our main topic, we want to take a quick break and thank the folks at the Command Zone podcast, Josh Lequai, Ashlyn, Lady Danger, and Manson, a huge team doing all of the post-production work on our podcast to bring it to video to make it look as awesome as it does. So thank you all so much. And of course, I want to take a brief moment to thank our sponsors for the show too. Uh, the Trekcast is sponsored by Card Kingdom and TCG Player. Card King was my personal go-to for uh, selling cards online that I'm not playing and using that store credit to get cards I need, like this stack of three visits and war rooms that just came in the mail today <laughs> that I've already sleeved up. Uh, TCG Player has a fantastic inventory of cards as well. If there's something you want, they probably have it. So just go to EDHREC and click on the appropriate vendor link beneath the card. Doing so supports both the site and the show. Or if you'd prefer to support the show directly, you don't have to buy any cards, even though you probably should. That's how we play the game after all. But you can head over to patreon.com slash EDHRECCast. You can support the show directly. You can join our Patreon tier of any level that you desire, whether you just want to join the Discord, you want to get all the episodes a day early, maybe. Uh, You're able to do all that and more at patreon.com slash EDHRECCast. And we appreciate all of the support. In fact, we shout out a patron each and every single week. And this week we have Michael Paul Shalman. Thank you so much for your patronage. We definitely appreciate it. And uh, thanks for thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So now we want to get to our main topic. But of course, before we do, Olivia, I kind of want to just uh, give the floor to you so that folks can um, get to know you a little bit better, even though they'll probably know you more than they even know us. But just uh, <laughs> how's your year been? How's 2020 been for you? I don't know what time is anymore. That's how my t- <laughs> 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 that word has no meaning. It has no 
I have no uh, relationship with that word anymore. Twenty twenty has been good. It was busy in the beginning, and then it got real quiet. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, just been streaming Paper Commander, and you know, trying to stay sane and healthy and all that fun stuff. It's just it's been a year, you know. But we're going to talk about that. That's the whole show. There, there you go. Yeah, it has certainly been uh, a year, but it has also been really great to yeah. be able to, you know, for example, stream with you to play on yeah. both your stream and ours um, to get those virtual games in has been uh, definitely a highlight for, for me, sure. for sure. And I guess um, before we even get to like numbers or anything like that, maybe this is a question for the room. Like, Olivia, what, what is your overall feeling? Is like going into this, is this sort of like a general thumbs up on whole this, you know, this, this whole year of Commander? Or is it maybe like a in the middle, thumbs down? How do you overall think the year of Commander went? I think the Jeez. year of Commander was actually just the year of product fatigue. Uh, <laughs> because there was so much. There was just a lot to try to keep track of and watch and manage and it was the year of commander in quantity certainly uh quality i guess we'll discuss that as well um but yeah i i I think that there was a lot to pay attention to there was a lot that happened and it was definitely a year it was a year (laughs) (laughs) time has no meaning it was definitely a year uh matt or dana what do y'all think uh, going into this looking back on it at least now is it a, a generally positive vibes or, or how are you feeling i mean i think olivia put a really nice spin on it by saying is is this the quality or the quantity when it comes to commander in 2020 um it depends on who you ask. I think yeah. there was at least something for everybody. Like everybody, no matter what you like to do with the commander format, there were cards and there was product for you, which that's obviously something that, you know, I think Watsy set out to do. And I do think they accomplished that goal at least. Um, man, it was it was a year though. I agree with you, with you Olivia. Um, we'll we'll see. I think the numbers that we that we're gonna see on the website, they're going to change so much about just the format in general in the next six months, I think. So uh, 2020 introduced us to a lot of things, and I think the lasting effects we haven't even started to see yet. Mm, all right. Um I, I agree there was a lot of product. The product fatigue thing was absolutely a thing. Um my primary concern going into the year was the previous year when we also got a real uptick in the amount of commander product out there. Um, I think there was a lot of warping commander product, whether it was things like Arcane Signet that went in you know every single deck, or commanders like Tulane um, and Corvald that absolutely warped games and warped metas just by number one how strong they were, number two how how easily strong they were. Um, so I think there was a trend leading up to those brawl decks last year that was at least for me a little bit worrisome. Um, I think they mostly dodged that this year. Not that there wasn't a lot of strong cards, but I, I feel like the cards that came out this year didn't necessarily warp the overall game the way the cards they built for Commander did in 2019. So right. I'm relieved that I, I think they've kind of started to figure that out a little bit better than they. it seemed like they were doing a year ago. Mm. All right. I think that's a recommendation or a thumbs up yeah I'm not yes entirely generally sure. speaking okay. I, it was a positive year i'm relatively happy with most of it all right sweet deal uh and let's actually go through it now because olivia as you said time has no meaning so right. like i i literally had to I had to look through what sets even came out this year because i just done forgot i could have I, yeah i someone at some point had said like oh eldraine came out this year i was like no it didn't 
Theros was this year, though, which was also six years ago and in the future. I don't... <laughs> That's, well, that's exactly it. Fun fact, there were 229 legendary cards in 2020. That's also how many products we got. <laughs> See? One for every... This is what I'm talking about. There it is. There, Quantity. there you go. Quantity is the thing. Uh, all right, Olivia, as you mentioned, Theros Beyond <laughs> Death was the first set that we had this year. Let's get to some numbers on that one. The top commander from Theros Beyond Death ended up being Siona, Captain of the Pileus, uh, with about 829 Dexter. That's the Selesnia token-making uncommon huh. commander um, that has a lot of aura stuff going on. And then some top cards from Theros as well, just some highlights from this set. We had Dryad of the Elysian Grove, which can give you extra landfall drops, does a lot of color fixing. And, of course, there was Thassa. As Oracle, which um, did quite a lot of stuff as well, mm -hmm. an extra win condition for the uh, the lab man aficionados out there as well. Both of those cards show up in about 17% of decks that are eligible to run them. So some good hits in the 99s uh, for, you know, Theros cards, although the commanders themselves don't seem to have really struck a chord yeah. all that much. The numbers are kind of low, all, all things considered, for the commanders. Yeah, and the commanders also, um, Siona being number one and, and Heliod is not far behind her. Um, I, I would bet in you know a year or two if we look back, I don't know if we'll see either of those two commanders at the top slot from Theros. Mm. They're, they're both relatively one note, and that isn't a bad thing necessarily, but I think people who wanted to build that one note built it, and, and I would imagine there isn't a lot of people that are going to now want to play that particular fairly narrow deck down the road. They will instead be playing maybe the more open-ended commanders, and I would guess those will, over the course of, of the relatively near future, get surpassed. Mm. See, I, I don't know. Like, Theros, to me, like you said, Olivia, like, Theros actually happened this year, and I feel like a lot of people just kind of forgot about the set yeah. altogether, <laughs> just yes. because of all the circumstances surrounding when the the, the set actually came out. Right. Um, we had Akoria Layer Behemoths right after, and, and Commander 2020, which was the precon, which everybody looks forward to. So any attention people might have been paying attention to Theros just got completely overlooked by everything that was going on, and then the, the right. set following. So I don't even know if people are going to be circling back to Theros Beyond Death all that much to be creating new commander decks, at least. The, like, like Joey said, the, the 99 definitely got a lot of help from yeah, this set. I agree. But the legendaries... I'm not so sure about that. It, it was the last set that came out in the Earth that was. Right. It's true. Exactly. Reality. So, exactly. Yeah. We had a new reality kind of happen that like a Theros events were like the last of the events that were in person. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened after that. So it was just, I don't know. It just, it felt like there was this big lead up to it that like, hey, we're going back to Theros. There's this thing. And then of course, you know, all the like story dropped out and everything like that. But it feels like it never got the chance to really get explored outside of arena. So, yeah, absolutely. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I definitely I, I agree that, that yeah. yeah. That's part of it is like, you know, we just immediately had Ikoria right after that with a ton of new mechanics and all this crazy stuff and new art styles and new card styles and everything. So Pharaoh's kind of just got like dropped by the wayside just by the merits of like what happened in the world and like, escalating us or not ex escalating accelerating us through this timeline to where we are now you know it just kind of got forgotten i think there was also yeah. still a lot of blowback from eldraine happening at the time like that was oh. such an impactful set in so many it different really formats was. it still kind of swallowed up theros because it was still just like domino chains it was the problem the child still yeah. <laughs> yeah to this day it still is yeah. like, at this point it still is 
All right. So y'all have mentioned um, how Ikoria also potentially had the uh, after effect of overshadowing Theros a little bit. Let's get to some numbers on those as well, because we had, of course, the uh, Commander 2020 product and the Ikoria set. The top commander from the uh, Commander Precons ended up being Calamax the Stormsire, about 1,600 decks for the Lightning Butt Dino. Um, and the top card from the Precons was, of course, Fierce Guardianship, which shows up in over 18,000 decks. Uh, uh, 25% of all eligible decks that have been built since these cards were released, they are they, they're running Fierce Guardianship. That is massive it's inclusion big. for what is essentially a free counter spell. Kind of, because it's only non-creatures, yeah. It's the, it's the card that feels closest to like an auto-include, maybe. If you're playing blue and your commander is remotely an important part of your deck and is going to be in play and need to be in play, assuming you can get a hold of one, it feels like it's worth slotting into your deck just full stop and that's yeah. that's just index where it's amazing it's still pretty good in every other blue deck yeah showing up in a quarter of the decks that it's eligible and it's just it's funny that that was kind of the i, I feel like the runaway as far as the commander you know specific cards that ended up in those decks but also just from that entire set like calamax and fierce guardianship were the chase <laughs> you know yeah, very much. And then from the main set, we had uh, the most popular one there, Nethroi Apex of Death, which is that mutant that can bring a whole bunch of stuff back, like 1,200 decks for that one. That's pretty insane. But we also got the Triomes. Those yeah. were a pretty big hit as well. The you know the cycling lands, but they also have all of the basic land types, so they're easy to fetch or to use Farseek on, for example. Yeah. They show up you know between 7,000 or 8,000 a piece, so like roughly 40% of the decks that can't play them are playing them. And that's also some really huge inclusion rate. I mean, we need good mana base and commander that's more than just shocks or scries or checks or you know like this is the sort of thing like sure it enters tapped but you fixed for three colors and you get to search for them uh, silly not to read them yeah well and when we look beyond the mana bases as, as great of an addition as triumphs were for for wedge colored decks ruinous ultimatum we we say fierce guardianship is played in 25 percent of blue decks ruinous ultimatum is played in 26 percent of all mardu decks so like if we're talking just about sheer adoption rate that card is such a house. It is a it house. It blows up everything. <laughs> I personally am a fan of Eerie Ultimatum, but yeah, Ruinous is bunkers in my <laughs> Yeah, all, all the Ultimatums, like, they're the, very, yeah. If, if we wanted, like, the most commanderiest commander, but non commander set, like, just a standard set. Akoria was definitely that. Mm. Akoria was that, but also it was so commander that it even brought us some companions that it, did it some broke standard some in all 60 formats. card formats. Hmm. Well, this is a set where talking about product fatigue, this is where I really first noticed it because, you know, I've been playing Commander seven or eight years now. Um, every set that came out, I rough, I, I know what the commanders do, what the legendary creatures do off top man. I maybe don't know if it's a 2-2 two, two or 2-3 two, or whatever, but like even if I hadn't played it, I could tell you what that commander did. I don't know what Nathroy does, the number one commander in the list. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I could, I'm sure I read the card, but like I can't remember the difference between this and the four other uh, apex of whatever is that do very right. similar things. There right. was just so much stuff, and, and a lot of the stuff in Accordia was kind of similar anyway. But I just can't remember what's what. And this is the, that's the first time that's really ever happened. Well, well, Dana, I definitely agree with you. Like I, I think I lasted one more set than you when it comes to just <laughs> losing track of all the legendaries that were going on. Um, which that set actually was the course at twenty one. There was ten new legends there, and for some reason, just this was the peak of when I lost grip of everything. <laughs> I did see the most important legendary creature of the year though uh Rin and Sari inseparable which was the uh cat dog combo uh 705 decks that came out um so far for Rin and Sari which is I mean lovely to see 
pet tribal mm. so great critters so many critters <laughs> Critter that's, tribal. that's actually the uh that's actually the deck that my uh, stepdad had oh. building as well and i uh, those kitty. those cats and dogs they look very cute, but they are, in fact, very vicious. Um, but that's also the set that gave us um, the new Sanctum of All as well. So it brought back some right. shrine stuff. But even then, that's only showing that the, the rate of adoption among um, all of those is not huge, yeah. but it is really cool to see. This feels like another set where things really seem to have gotten buried by a bunch of the other stuff going on surrounding them. Um, so these didn't get as much time to breathe, I guess. I think that's exactly it. It's not that any of this stuff was necessarily super good or super bad or, you know, it just ne we never got time to explore it because the second you know we we get a preview season and then something's released for a week before the next preview season and <laughs> yeah. we never actually got the chance to like sit and soak in what was a like what just got offered and be able to have like the full experience of seeing it in a bunch of different contexts and different games against different decks and different situations so we see a card it's really cool and it's like oh crap there's something else that's coming out now i need to see what this is and you barely even get the chance like oh maybe i'll put it in this deck and that was it and it got in there or it didn't and you never really got to explore it in its time frame that it was released yeah. well, in once upon a time corsets were generally pretty boring mm -hmm. so if it got left behind or forgotten there really wasn't maybe much that was a value lost right. they've really figured out how to do corsets so th that's it's actually kind of too bad that it did get lost in the in the mix here because they've really done a very nice job there's excellent reprints in it there's excellent new cards mm -hmm. corsets are genuinely exciting now and there's just so much stuff we couldn't get excited about it yeah, Dana, I think on our review of Corset 21, we actually called it like our favorite mm -hmm. corset, but we came away with the same conclusion there. It's just like, we hope this gets time to breathe and it looks like it really just didn't, which is a little bit sad because it's a lot of really fun stuff going in there. I'm pretty sure that there will be cards that I forget exist and that it turns out they came from Corset 21. <laughs> uh, so I want to make sure that I do my research on it for sure. Uh, th the same will also go for the other uh, product that came out pretty closely after that was Jumpstart. Talk about sets that didn't get their time in the spotlight, Jumpstart. There were 10 new amazing legends in Jumpstart, the most popular ended up being Tiny Bones Trinket Thief, but given the limited availability of Jumpstart, only like, we've got barely 400 decks for Tiny wow. Bones, let alone any of the other fantastic ones that arrived there too. Um, it's just like, oh man, I really wish that we'd gotten more chance to spend time with this product because it was so, so cool. If you Such an original idea. And that's to say, if you even got your hands on it at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Which is another uh, travesty. If Yeah, if there's a set that suffered from just circumstances of, of the start. year more than Theros, it's definitely Jumpstart because people never got to open packs. People mm -hmm. never got to go do what this was designed to do and just like slam two packs together and play a game. Yep. That never got to happen, which means so many of these cards never got into the wild. People <sighs> never got to slot them into decks. Like you had to be very intentional and open up your wallet to get most of these cards and like that. It stinks because Jumpstart was such a cool idea, such mm -hmm. a cool set, mm -hmm. and nobody knows about it. Yeah. Not just that the reprints in that set were, were excellent. Yes. Like and and again, the new stuff was good too. And it was it was, I mm -hmm. mean, not complete it was not so imbalanced that it was like, oh my gosh, we can't run this in Commander. It was like, hell yeah, Tiny right. Bones rules. This is cool. <laughs> like <laughs> they were they were engaging, you know, those legendaries. And so now they're hardly out there. <laughs> There's amazing basic lands in Jumpstart. That's how great Jumpstart is. <laughs> well, yeah, like, aren't the Phyrexian, the Phyrexian swamps are like $30 or something absurd like that? Yeah, they're something stunning. Something. <laughs> they, are, they are pretty sharp, yes. I, I, I do agree. But like, it's just, yeah. man, I, I wish people had as much chance to open Jumpstart as they intended for because 
I just, I, 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 my worst fear about Jumpstart is that Watsi is going to consider this set a failure when this is kind of the set that a lot of people wanted, but they just didn't know about yeah. it. They, they didn't know yeah. they wanted it, but they did. Yeah. I, oh, and even, I, if, and again, even if they did want it, they couldn't get their hands on it because of extenuating exactly. circumstances. This was not a failure in design or, you know, no. the gameplay or anything of it. It was simply in distribution. Just nobody could get it. How can you, how can you love it if you can't find it and play it? Reality From failed us all. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. From gameplay to reprints to just sheer value to original designs to balance, this is probably one of the most well-executed products that I've ever seen, and yet we just don't have it. So <laughs> do it again, Gavin. Of course Gavin, it was this, this one. Again. Of course it was this one. Just print it again next year. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving a little bit on into the timeline, Zendikar Rising came out as well. There were like 17 new legends in Zendikar Rising. The top one ended up, of course, being um, the four-color Omnath, Locus of Creation, who already has 1,300 decks for that commander, which is uh, pretty insane. And then we also got those modal lands, um, some spells that could be lands on the other side, or the modal lands themselves, the pathways um, that have those dual colors. Those ones are so far some of the most popular cards from the set. They show up in roughly like 18 to 20% of decks that can play them. Um, not to mention Balaged Recovery is uh, really climbing up in the ranks as we keep track of it over time. But 17% of decks that can play the Balaged Recovery to get something back from your graveyard or to be a land on the other side are playing it, which is a pretty good rate of adoption that only seems to be going up. I, I did my best. This number sh would be much, much lower if I weren't updating my decks these days. But I have been, <laughs> and it's an every green deck. It's it's such a good card. And like, Feed the Swarm is just so absurd. Like Every time Dana oh. plays it, I'm just like, how is this how is this a thing? <laughs> that, the new Black can destroy an enchantment card. Yep, that came here too. Also about 17% inclusion on that one too. Pretty insane. Yeah. This set was filled with those cards that like slot into that 96 through 99 slot in your deck. Like the really good, useful role players. And mm -hmm. th that's fun. Like sometimes it's more interesting finding those cards that work really well in your deck and make yeah. it function smoothly than it is finding the absolute home runs that are just obviously bombs. Right. Well, and one thing, too, that was kind of interesting about the Zendikar Rising was this was the first time we ever saw Commander Precons to, you know, to accompany a regular standard set. Uh, so we saw Anawan the Ruin Thief yeah. that has about 900 decks or so, which is kind of cool to see. Like there's sustained commander demand outside of those normal sets, not just around like the precon time. We're so used to seeing commander precons once a year. Seeing them more often now was kind of weird, but actually it's, it's been fairly successful so far, I would say. Like there's more Anawan decks than there are Rin and Sari for some reason. Yeah, Can't explain. Inexplicable. Can't explain inexplicable. How it works. Yeah. With that said though, the other precon deck, Obun Moldaya Ancestor, only has about 400 and it's really competing in the landfall slot. And I think that that's also kind of a lesson, kind of going back to the product fatigue thing that we've been talking about. Yeah. Like landfall was such a crowd commander space to play around in that a lot of commanders also even from the same like bevy of sets I guess kind mm -hmm. of started overshadowing each other there too yeah. sort of like we've seen with um, Dominaria for example where a lot of really cool legends came in that set but they were just overshadowed by the heaviest of hitters um, that they didn't get quite as much attention as they might have in a set that had possibly fewer legends playing around in that same area sounds like something very similar to what's gonna happen in this next set that we talk about where there's so <laughs> many legends nobody ah. gets their chance to what could it be? <laughs> I think that's everything that came out in Magic this year. Can't can't possibly be anything else. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're moving on now from uh, Zendikar to Commander Legends, which had over 70 new legendary creatures. Obviously a bunch of partners, so 
1500 plus total partner combinations going on now. rip edh wreck uh, <laughs> yeah our, our programmers have nearly fully recovered from oh the aneurysm God. that this information provided to them <laughs> say nearly uh but we got through it we actually have a video on ours uh on our youtube if you want to check out how it is that edh is handling all of those partner pairs it's pretty cool um but yeah a lot of stuff happening here um we talked about it on our last episode but so far we're seeing that obeka and Aralmi of the dead tide those are the two most popular the commanders from the set so far so the grixis can stop your turn and then also the encore uh craziness going on in demir too um some pretty cool stuff going on there and then the top partners we saw were sakashima of a thousand faces and rograk son of <laughs> roga or as matt likes to refer to it matt i'll let you take this one because i still can't get over it the, the rugrat the rugrat that, dana dana's the one who brought up rugrat i appreciate the credit though but i'll, I'll pass it to dana <laughs> the baby yoda of the set Wow. Oh, goodness. The child. Uh, so I noticed some apprehension when we said that we were getting to Commander Legends. Um, Olivia, do you have thoughts? I only I have <laughs> thoughts about everything. What would make you think otherwise? Um, I, I, I won't lie. I was terrified of this set, uh, probably because of like what we were talking about earlier with 2019. Some of those legendaries were, I mean, Tulane, Corval. It's a bit much. Like, we get it. You want people to run these for your... Okay, great. Cool. Very awesome. Um, I was just kind of, you know, <laughs> scared, I guess, of those uh, styles of just like, mm, how about we make it really good and staple draw a card onto it, of that not being what was going to be, or, or I should say, I didn't want that to be everything that Commander Legends was, right? Like, well, let's just see if we can turn it up to 11. It's like, please don't. And it doesn't feel like they did like there are definitely good things in there there are definitely things that like i'm seeing hull breacher in 35 percent of the decks it can get yeah i get that it's there's some real good stuff in there opposition agent clearly shows this was uh designed before the pandemic so you can, you can see that there uh but i'm overall happy with it there's nothing that makes me be like completely upset or anything i think jeweled lotus was a card that came out, I guess, uh, and can yeah. seriously, it, it out, and can, yeah. yeah, it did come out. There's it's, it's got an ability to truly like end the game real fast, which kind of isn't the point. I don't think for non CDH. I mean, I don't know that CDH is necessarily to get it over fast, but, uh, I think I think that I'm I'm pretty like neutral positive on commander legends. Like it is a set that came out. There's a lot of cool stuff. There's stuff I don't care about. And, Nothing makes me want to burn all the boxes I see or anything like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it did seem like the thing that we were all holding our breath. Yeah, about. there was yeah. a lot of potential for this to go bad in uh, myriad ways. And I, don't, I feel like it kind of dodged all those bullets. Yeah, we, we all had the same feelings, especially about partner. Like, as soon as we saw partner was coming back, we're like, oh, oh my, my gosh. greatest fear was that there was going to be a card that just is like partners with legendary. And it's just like basically like add a color and it was like, please God, no. I was like, oh no, no, well, they, no. I don't they tried want, I don't with want Prismatic that. Piper, but that that <laughs> thankfully was fairly tame. EDH Rex's greatest fear was Prismatic Piper. Oh yeah, <laughs> we, absolutely. We had some nicknames for it. <laughs> Lol JK add a color. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't think Jeweled Lotus or Hull Breacher or Opposition Agent as well are necessarily good for the format. Right. But yeah. I don't think they're necessarily like terrible either. I don't think yeah. any of them hurt anything actively exactly i don't think they brought anything good to the, like they're not bringing a whole bunch to the table like wow this is really going to improve gameplay or like how we play right. this format or right. anything stylistically at the same time they aren't they aren't like deal breakers right they're not like 
This yeah. is so far and beyond what's okay or what people want to play with or are trying to do that there needs to be a huge outcry. Like they, they are certainly cards that have places. It just may or may not be in your deck and that's okay. They're not gonna, it's not going to be something so disadvantageous to not run them. So I, I, you know, it's okay at that point. Well, I mean, thankfully, like when it comes to like must plays, those are the closest that we have. Yeah. This set had so many more cards than just whole breach and opposition agent. And most of them are great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's, is fun that if there's a theme that you want to play in your deck, there's probably at least like two or three cards in commander legends for every single one of those decks. And I, Absolutely. I love that about the set. Yeah. It, it was very nervous. Like it was a very ambitious set. And I do think overall they did a good job with it. Yeah. yeah it, it was also, I mean, at the least like bringing pirates back as well, yeah. making, you know, all of those, you get to spend a lot more time with those fun things. The battle bond land cycle was completed finally, finally. And they're showing up like nearly 40% of decks that can play the battle bond lands are so far that number may dwindle, you know, the original battle bond lands uh, cycle from the actual battle bond set uh, wound up around like 20% inclusion rate or so. Oh, wow. um, so maybe they'll land somewhere similar yeah. or who knows what would happen, but like, there's a lot to celebrate about the set too. The reprints were also really, really fun. I still think I prefer some of the reprint quality going on in Jumpstart personally, but it's also <laughs> nice to see how well executed that was as well. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it, it was the holding the breath moment and then being like, all right, we can ease into this a little bit. That kind of uh, feels it out with uh, Commander Legends for me, I think. For sure. And I should clarify that like my, my, it's not necessarily like I think that it was a bad set. Like I'm with you. Like it was very, it was solid. It was totally solid. I'm not upset about it. There was some stuff that was like, dang, you know, it could be cooler if we had a little bit more of X, Y, or Z. There are some things that, you know, again, the three cards we keep mentioning that are like, all right, like you didn't have to print those and this still would have been a good set, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's always easy to poke holes in all the things that are... Mm -hmm improvable and 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 because you want to leave the stuff that's good behind it's like well we don't need to mention that because it's good it's already fine so yeah i'm I, there's nothing i don't think to be super upset about in the set and i'm totally happy with it yeah mm -hmm. yeah it, it is just also you know like we said going into this there's so many legends here that a lot of them are going to probably end up being a little bit buried and yeah don't let them get buried. There's some really fantastic Commander Legends designs going on with these legendary creatures and stuff. And so I hope that they also get the chance to breathe. For sure. I mean, not, not just product fatigue, but legend fatigue. Like, I have looked through <laughs> this entire set five times with, like, I've sat down specifically to look at the set. I still couldn't tell you what half the legends are. Like, Same. this set is just going <laughs> to suffer so much from just every legend out positioning some other legend like that is probably like the my biggest gripe with the set is there's just so much going on like there's yeah. going to be just even more stuff overshadowed i think at mm -hmm. the same time though as as uh time passes and you know we get to see a little bit more of this that once you know we have these big runaways like this is a really obvious choice you want to do you know sakashima for x y or z like once those kind of get filtered out and we kind of see who the runaways are it'll be easier to go back and be like, okay, but like nobody's touched these two legends. Like, what can I do here? How do I explore this mm -hmm. space? I think that while, again, maybe just because of the sheer volume of everything, it feels like the air has been sucked out of the room by some of these bigger, more powerful cards just like on their faces, it does still give us one of the things that we ask for constantly, which is the option of having some creativity and doing things that shouldn't necessarily work and being able to explore a lot of these combinations that are going to get overlooked by cards that may or may not just be like easier to deal with or build around 
on their face. So I think that right now it's going to be a little tough to kind of suss out exactly what we are getting with Commander Legends. But over time, we're going to start seeing some really creative builds around the things that are getting overshadowed right now. Mm hmm. Dana will have a chance on. to be a hipster with cards printed in 2020 because <laughs> nobody's playing yeah, them. I was running this combo like back when the deck or when the <laughs> set came out. So, oh, did you find that on Etrek? That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And also, Olivia, listening to you, I full on had a moment where I thought I was listening to a podcast and I forgot that I'm supposed to respond. Uh, so I was, really I was thinking you are so much smarter than us. You just need to take. You should like just make content it. or something. I'm going to lose our jobs here. <laughs> no, stop it. You guys deal with numbers. People just, I don't know, listen to me for some unknown reason. <laughs> <laughs> unknown to you only. It's an absolute treat to be able to. You're a gift. It's great. Oh, uh, so moving away from some of the numbers, now that we've kind of like oriented ourselves to like, okay, this was the timeline of the stuff that actually occurred within 2020 and seeing some of the most popular stuff. I kind of want to, you know, ask how we navigated the year. Like, Olivia, what are some decks that you personally built? What actually grabbed your attention from the year most, would you say? So I, all of the decks I built were from cards that are not from this year. Oh, wait, no, that's not true. I do have one that's actually from um, Ikoria. So I built my Atraxa Enchantress deck, which is shut up and let me draw my deck. <laughs> and it it's effective at that, it's, by the way. So it's very good at it, but it lets me end the game on my terms. I can either, you know, Opalescence and wipe the board and everybody else, or I just <laughs> mill myself out and it's been like, it's been fun, bye. Uh, so the Atraxa Enchantress, I did a Yannick Nakara uh, Loop Critters. Basically just get, uh, like, of course, all of the, I just took the deck apart like yesterday. So all the names of the cards are gone, but basically using Yannick and then two other exile when enters the battlefield, just make these giant critter loops that go on ad infinitum until you've decided I've gained enough life. I've made you lose enough life, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I built general Tazri allies because I was excited for Zendikar and I was like, there'll be more allies in this. There were not a lot of allies in that <laughs> <laughs> so worked out fine the deck's really fun so it's all just uh enter the battlefield tribal basically and i built a kelsine obosh deck as well using obosh as a companion because i hated the mechanic i was like fine i'm gonna exploit it and then they changed the rules and the rc went along with the rules change and the deck wasn't that great anymore and i tore apart <laughs> um this has honestly been the year of half-built decks for me i have uh rin and Sari, uh half-built i have a morophon zombies half-built a wizard tribal half-built a thalese that I'm just deciding how much I want to take out of the Tesa deck to put in a Thalese deck and a Fire Thalese Song. So She's so amazing. And a Fire Song Sunspeaker that I've been working on. So I have a bunch of decks that are like in progress and I only actually like made, I think, four this year. Nice. Well, um, so speaking for myself, one of the decks that I did build was, of course, Thalese, our preview card, um, who as soon as we made a video previewing the card, we realized, oh no, we made a severe oh. mistake by not having Olivia on uh, to help us preview this card that she's immediately going to cosplay. Correct. <laughs> that fast <laughs> uh, but she is absolutely rad black white tokens I'm having an absolute ball with it I also uh, personally went with an Elegith plus Sakashima deck where I can just scry like six and draw six cards yeah, so you never scry in that deck you just draw you cards he yeah. just draws cards yeah be real it's it it's really, really good. Uh, I tried out the Cissé Shrines for a while. Olivia, I also kind of uh, went with you trying out some of the companions just to see how I feel about it. Um, I don't think any of my companion decks will be surviving the rotation because I didn't sure like won't. the experience mm -mm. Uh, from myself, but also how it kind of put an onus on my opponents to track what I was doing. It just felt like a 
kind of weird situation. I've complained about companions before. We might again later. Uh, but then also my family built some new decks, which was really cool. My mom made a new Kangi uh, Skywarden deck and my stepdad made Rin and Sari. So there was actually a pretty decent amount of brewing for us on this side too. My younger brother even made Bruvac Mill. Um, and it hurts in my soul oh my for all of that. But there was still a lot of brewing, which I take as a good sign for Well, Joe, you, you also made a new deck. I mean, granted, the commander is older than you are, but you made a Martin Stromgald deck, too. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I did. Oh, my God. Which was, a cha- which was a challenge Joey had this year, which was to make a commander that only existed in, in the old frame. And he managed to do it. He did it. Our, Look at you go. So, so yes, I, I like building new stuff. And I like that you guys keep me in check to make sure that I also remember my roots, apparently. So thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Matt and Dana, what about you guys? Matt, what did you end up, uh, you know, what grabbed your attention most this year? You say that we encourage you and keep you on your toes when it comes to, like, remembering that old cards exist. I just remember new cards exist. Um, so I actually, I probably did more deck turnover this year than I would have if you two weren't around. So, um, I did make Ukeeman Kazer. I had a Muldrotha plus one, plus one counters deck. Um, and as soon as I saw Ukeeman Kazer, I knew instantly like, okay, this is an easy transition because the theme yeah. is there. The colors are there. hundred percent going to do it. Um, I also made a Real the Everwise deck. Uh, I had a Niv-Mizzet Perrin deck and that deck just oopsed into so many wins that I never really enjoyed it. Uh, Real the Everwise has been a little bit more fun to play around with. Um, there's a little more uniqueness to the the Izzet colors. Uh, so I enjoy that deck quite a bit. Uh, I also made, I know I didn't, It's the commander isn't from 2020, but I made an Alila Artful Provocateur deck, uh, my historic tribal deck, which has been a lot of fun. Um, I know Jason Alt, who is our content manager at EDH Rec, does not like the deck because I play three board wipes. <laughs> um, but I also built another commander, or another deck, I should say, not from this year, but Vivictus Asmati, which had nothing really to do oh, with okay. 2020, but that deck just makes me feel feelings of playing, you know, seven mana four fours. And so that's why I built it. And it's just a fun deck at least. But I did probably the 99 of my decks changed so much this year because of all the guff that I received. I built a spreadsheet. (laughs) Dana just rubbed off on me too much. And I built a spreadsheet (laughs) of all the cards that I added from Zendikar Rising. That's that's where I'm at this year. I have to say, I think it's... I think it's funny that you mentioned that on our show notes, just since nobody else can see this. Uh, it mentions that Riel the Everwise doesn't draw hate or oops into wins. Having played against Jeremy Knowles' Riel the Everwise deck, if I see that, I see Punch Club and know that I'm about to get hit for too many, and I don't like that deck and will come for it. <laughs> well, yeah. watch your back, Matt. Yeah, yeah knives back. out, knives out. I'll, I'll make sure I, I'll make sure I bring it out and just and remind you next time you come on to twitch.tv slash EDHRECcast, stream some <laughs> hey! games with us. Nice. Um, I'll, I'll make sure to bring it out just so that you can know, like, not every real is a bad real. We'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see. The, the real housewives of Dranith County or oh, something like that. Oh, no, sure. Joey. Uh, 
<laughs> I went there. All right, Dana, how about you? I, you you are also kind of um, very selective with your decks. Did you build new stuff in 2020? I, I, yeah, I, I was very uh, productive this year. Um, you and Matt had kind of challenged me to build uh, a commander with three or more colors and a commander that was new and popular. So I just combined them and built Kenrith. Um, all exalted. Oh God! <laughs> um, which was fairly fun. Um, I, I've since scrapped it. Uh, the reason was, um, whenever I would sit down and pull it out, people would be like, "Oh, Kenrith! I built a Kenrith deck too." And as dumb as that <laughs> is, it just made me not want to play it. I recognize that's a ridiculous reason to not want to play a deck, but it just bothered me. So that one did get scrapped. Uh, I built a Timrith or Murder King Infect deck that was relatively fun, um, but it needs an overhaul, so I might convert it to Jury Master the Review. I'm still kind of mm. tinkering with whether or not it can be salvaged. I built an Adelaide's Combat Tricks slash Voltron deck Ooh. that's probably it probably permanently been converted to Crumb uh, and Kedis, so I now have a partner deck as well. But that one was a blast. Um, it was a concept I've been messing around with for like a year or two, trying to figure out how to make an it Combat Trick deck. <laughs> And I finally made it work, and I think it's it plays even better with Crom and Kedis at the top. So um, that one is definitely sticking around. I built an Athreos Pestilence deck that I'm still kind of figuring out, but I like it quite a bit. And I built a Veto the Dusk Rose Big Black Mana deck that's been a lot of fun, which is also a new commander, but it's not terribly popular from the core set. So I, I put a lot of new decks into actual cardboard this year, and I'm, I'm going to keep at least probably three of them. <laughs> I'm just so happy that Dana, this this feels like a, a year of growth for you, especially because you used to never build anything from the current year. And I think I heard at least three yeah. new, <laughs> new commanders <laughs> among the stuff you just listed. And I'm just well, like really happy. It, it's pretty easy to find obscure commanders when 700 of them come out in the calendar year. <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> there you There's go. That, Absolutely. Yeah. So, that, so that's how we personally navigated the year. But then just sort of by the numbers, I kind of wanted to go through as well, because like based on the numbers, it definitely feels like the set of the year, if we were to name one, has to probably go to Commander Legends. Like that's going to take the cake for everyone. But is that what you personally feel was your favorite set of the year? What like is it your favorite or what was your favorite? Olivia, we can start with you. What are you thinking about the sets um, in terms of like their popularity versus how you personally? Right. Think? I almost don't know if like. I had a favorite set this year. Um, I liked a lot of them for different reasons, but I don't feel like any of them was this like just total runaway, like, oh my God, I love it. If if pressed, honestly, I think Ikoria was pretty sweet. Um, I may be an outlier. I love the mutate mechanic. I think it's genius. I, <laughs> I think it's really cool. And it's really, really stupid how good it works in Commander. <laughs> Don't let Joey hear I, you say that. That's fine. I, he could. Well, he's going to hear it and he's going to have to deal with it. So <laughs> I <laughs> I think there's just so many weird ways it can get used. Like you can mutate onto Mirage Mirror. Why not? <laughs> that's the kind of dumb stuff I'm here for. It was clearly designed for Arena as were all of the counter things of it. Just like I, because really the lack of explanation and how it works, you know, is obviously a little touch and go. <laughs> but that being said, I think it's actually really fun and you can do some really stupid stupid cool things with it and that's the kind of stuff i like seeing in commander so i i liked mutate a lot which makes me like a Korea a lot i i feel like that's almost where i lean it was just 
it had a lot of new fresh stuff that was fun to play with. So so I'm just, I don't know, like on, on the subject of mutate, there are a couple of things that you like never hear in a commander game, or at least I personally have never heard before in a commander game. Like I've never heard someone say, oh, I will decline to draw the two extra cards from my right. consecrated sphinx, right. for example. Just it doesn't, that never happens. Well, but also a thing I've never heard before. Library. I mean, they, or you only have one. Uh, right. I've just, ne- I've just never heard it. But another thing I've also never heard in a commander game is I understand exactly how mutate works in this particular scenario. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard it before, uh, but I'm, I'm I can surprised to hear you that. like Akoria so much. I'm surprised to hear you like Akoria as much as you do, given that that's also the set that brought us companions. I know. I didn't say I liked everything about it. I mm, okay. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, yeah, companions was unnecessary. I don't like the mechanic, and I wish it didn't exist. And I have many thoughts and feelings about it, most of which I posted on Twitter.com. That being said, (laughs) I can overlook companions, which I never used and don't care about and don't really make a lot, have a lot of relevance in a commander game for the mechanic that is really cool and really inventive. I mean, what companion was on what, 10 cards out of the whole set? Mm -hmm. Pretty easy Mm -hmm. to dismiss on that point. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there you go. Dana, what are you thinking about for favorite set of the year versus popularity? I think just the sheer amount of useful things in Commander Legends makes it really tough to dismiss. Um, I I just found so many cards from the set that went into my decks, and that's without even delving into stuff that I'm like, this would be a fun deck to build, but I have something similar. There's just so many options. I, I don't know how I would pick something else. And that's even before we get into the fact that it probably would have been a lot of fun to draft, and we didn't get a chance to do that at all this year. Yeah. So, so I feel like you know, as much as I enjoyed like the the battle bond and conspiracy sets, I liked them even more because they were so much fun to play in the right. way they were designed to be played. Um, we didn't get to do that with Commander Legends, so I would imagine I would like it even more, and will hopefully like it even more if we get a chance at, at some point in the next year to actually go to LGSs and go to events and play it the way it was designed to get played. Well, gotcha. if you want to talk yeah. about sets that never got a chance to be played the way they were meant to be played, Jumpstart didn't either, and that's just because right. it was yeah, not that's... available. And I think. Commander Legends, we're going to see decks, we're going to see those cards all over the place. I think if the distribution were the same for Jumpstart as Commander Legends, I think Jumpstart might have been just as impactful, just because of all the new things they were putting out there, all the reprints they were putting in there, and just the fact that like I, I really when I was when I read how the Jumpstart limited format was meant to be played, I was genuinely excited. I love the game Smash Up, and it's kind of the same thing. Like the spirit is there. And I was very, very excited. I it would, The set of the year would have been Jumpstart for me if people were able to play Jumpstart. Yeah. Since that didn't happen, though, like it's kind of de facto over to Commander Legends. Um, just because of all the reasons that we've already stated throughout this entire yeah. episode. Like, there's so much going on. There's so many good cards. They're finishing off Battle Bond lands. They were printed some great cards. And the new cards were great. And then, like, the biggest thing, too, is Partner came back. And like we said earlier... It wasn't as it, all of our fears about partner ended up being maybe not all for nothing. I was going to say, I was like, all is really aggressive. <laughs> yeah, not all, not all. A lot of our fears about partner, at least they showed a lot of discretion, which I definitely appreciated was, yes, we're bringing back partners. We learned our lesson from last time. So right. we're going to dial it back quite a bit. And that to me made partner so much easier. And we said this on the podcast yeah. a few times before partner was so much more successful this time around than last. Yeah, I'm, I won't I'm disagree in with that. Complete agreement. Yeah. Oh, disagree. No, I said I won't disagree with that. The partner's oh. more successful oh. this time. Yeah. 
I, I misheard. Cool. Because I was just, I was about to say, I'm Matt. I'm in complete agreement with you. you about the whole jump sort everything. And so I was just like, oh, are we about to have a scrap? We're not about to have We're a scrap. We agree. No, no scraps. Uh, no scraps. Yeah. So <laughs> then in terms of the commander of the year and card of the year, looking through the popularity, there's some kind of interesting stuff going down. You know, as we saw, for example, Calamax, by just the sheer numbers, does technically have the most decks that were built this year, about like nearly 1,700, I think it was. Yeah. But it's also many months older and has therefore had a lot more time to gather data. You know, it got like to 1,700 decks in about eight months. Compare that to Omnath Locus of Creation, which got 1,300 decks in the span of about three months, even during the Quarren times. Yeah. So Omnath, I think by the numbers, is definitely the thing that will, you know, eclipse Calamax in the fullness of time and become sort of the marquee commander um, of the year, I would say. But... Olivia, is that your personal favorite commander? I'm going to guess not, because I think I already know what your favorite commander from this year might be. Oh, it's... I think. Yeah, you do. It's the least, far and away. No, there's okay. there's no contest. I don't <laughs> care. I know everyone's like, that's not very inspired. That card doesn't do that much. I don't care. It's my favorite. And mm-hmm. I like it. It's fun. It's my play style. It's everything I want. And it rewards me for playing bad things like Smothering Tithe. I'm all in. <laughs> It's it's absolutely rad. It, it might be one of my favorites as well, though I am really, really enjoying Elegeth too. I believe uh, Matt, how about you? <laughs> are, are you a little salty about all of the cards? Listen, because of my wonderful we're, we're not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt, what about you? Do you have a personal favorite commander of the year? I, I think I would have to say my personal favorite commander of the year, just because it's one that I, I kind of built a new deck around, would be either Riel or Ukim and Kazar. Nice. Uh, but, but man, the... No matter what type of magic you like to play in Commander, there was a Commander for that. So, like, I I don't think I can pick just one. Um, I mean, I'll I'll say the two that I actually built decks for, but that's kind of a cop-out with this. That's cool. And Dana? I will pick just one. No? And it'll be be one of Matt's. I'm going to say Real the the Everwise this year. And for purely kind of clinical reasons. I think it is a really interesting open-ended commander. It can be built kind of in a degenerate way if you want to play really highly competitive decks just to like filter down and find your combo. You can play it relatively casually like Matt does. Um, you can build around, like put it in a deck, in, in a wheels deck or in a madness deck or in a reanimator deck. You can play it at a wheels deck. I, I just think it's a really flexible commander that can be played a bunch of ways and it can go in a bunch of decks. I think just as far as designs go, it has a whole lot of flexibility and um, I like that aspect of it, how well built I think it is. It's a very versatile card. All right, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving from Commander to the card of the year, I think we saw that one of the most popular ones so far was definitely Fierce Guardianship showing up in 25% of eligible decks. Uh, Not only that, but also we had the Battle Bond land cycle finally get completed too. And the rate of adoption among those has also been really huge. So those are probably, you know, just going by a number standpoint, those would be our cards of the year or something like that. But personally, where are you guys finding the most love for cards that go into the 99? Okay, Courser, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I saw that card and like the Timmy and me just got so freaking excited <laughs> just to to slam a six drop dragon and just not give Do any it. cares for what you guys think. All right. All right. Like, like it's just a big. Yeah, it's just like a big fancy mythic. You, like if if I opened that card in a pack, I would have a thousand just like jumped and just been so excited. Like it just does all these big, crazy things. It's super fun. I'm. In the words of Joseph M. Schultz, I'm here for it. Do you need a shiny one? Because I have one. 
I will gladly take it off your hands. Okay, we'll chat. We'll, we'll talk offline. Yeah, we'll talk offline. <laughs> um, I have to go with the numbers here. I Like, I'm sorry. I know it's super utilitarian and very basic. The Battle Bond land cycle getting completed is my absolute mm. lifeblood. I have wanted them since Battle Bond came out. I was like, why aren't these in every commander precon? This is, these are, Reach. they are commander lands. That's all there is to it. And we should have them. So having that cycle finished out was what i wanted this year like i was of course you know completely irrationally terrified that they were going to put fetch lands in commander legends and i was not about that <laughs> so seeing that we have a uh, battle bond land cycle is just oh it's my everything that's i'm that's what i've been most excited for this year awesome so i tried to be subjective on commander of the year um i am not being subjective on card of the year uh, <laughs> jessica's will has been amazing whenever I've cast it. And it also, you know, it, it's good in almost any situation, but if you can do dumb things with it, like copy it and then, you know, use all the mana to cast it from your graveyard and copy the copy again. And all of a sudden you're sitting at like 40 some mana in your mana pool and you have, you know, a dozen cards exiled that you can all cast that turn. It's hilarious. It is an amazing card. I love everything about it. Um, I'm going to put four copies in all my decks and Dang. we'll be, casting whenever possible it's it's been a blast to play as well as i think being a very good card that it is uh undoubtedly the pick for card of the year four copies in all your decks huh um i didn't say that out loud sorry that, mm. that said the wrong part <laughs> <laughs> just one copy you know when, when he exiles so three copies to the first one that's what right. we'll know he's <laughs> right. he's turned it into a companion we have to check his deck to make sure it meets the yeah, requirements right. first. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's companion zone you yeah that's right i said Jessica's it because will if you have four copies of jessica's will in your deck there you go. Wow. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. All right. So uh, looking through all of that, our feelings about the year, I don't know. Like, this was um, a tumultuous year for sure. Um, there's a whole lot that happened. It was a very crowded year as well. What do you think was maybe the best part of it? Just sort of looking back on this uh, entirety of 2020, um, what are the highlights? What are the lowlights, would you say? Well, it's kind of weird. But I think I played more Magic this year than I would have otherwise in person, like having to go to the LGS. So kind, of, it's kind of weird, but like being able to play over webcam and that being such a thing that's done by the, the widespread you know, population of Magic players, that's actually gotten me to be playing more Magic than I think I would have if I had to get in my car, drive however far to an LGS, sit down, whether it's playing on stream with with you folks, whether it's, you know, calling up some buddies and playing that way, I've actually played probably more Magic than I would have otherwise. And it's it's kind of crazy to think about that, but it's also fairly true. So, yeah, yeah just the, the, the amount of games that I've gotten to play this year has been pretty significant. I'll co-sign to that, obviously. And then also, like, just because you're getting so much more exposure and so much more time playing, like, you do get to see different things. And now that there's so many people streaming, uh, since I do it as well, friends, uh, <laughs> like, you can see a lot of different metas. You get to see what people's understanding of, like, a power level is. You can see what some people consider CDH or, like, what you can explore these things without having to get mired necessarily in them. Like, maybe you don't want to play CDH, but you can't just, like, go and randomly watch CDH games. Well, you can now and see if that is something you want to try. Like, you get a lot of exposure to things that maybe you wouldn't get the chance at an LGS or just at, you know, a, a Magic Fest by being able to do it remotely. And that's pretty sweet, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you get exposure to them in a way that, at least for me, 
has registered on me mentally in a way it doesn't at a Magic Fest. At a Magic Fest, everything is so chaotic and and, and <laughs> frantic, and there's just so much happening that, like, even if you do see a different thing that you're not used to seeing, a different, you know, meta play style, a different deck, whatever, it was kind of tough to internalize that and, like, right. really think about what that meant because there was just so much happening. You know, the, you're playing, you know, 15 matches over the course of a day or whatever it is. It's 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 oftentimes very just insane when you're playing on webcam with you know one or two games per night or something it's much easier to like kind of take it all in and think about oh that's much different than the way i usually play at my shop that's a much different take on that deck than the one i usually see so yeah. at least for me not only has it been really cool to see all of this stuff it's been way easier to kind of be able to mentally bring it all in and think about it and and mull it over and just learn from the experience well, and it's nice too I, when, like, you yeah, see somebody. I really love that. Oh, sorry, Joy. It's nice too when you see somebody, you know, playing a webcam game, whatever it is, and you hear about the card that you've never heard of, and then it's like, oh, well, I'm right here. I can just like check it out and make sure it is what I think it is. Oh God, would that work in this? Like having that kind of exposure to it, but also not in a setting where it is so frantic and there's constantly something going on or blue players, please come. You know, like <laughs> whatever it is, like you don't have the announcements like breaking your chain of thought. Uh, it's it's really nice to be able to have that. Like, there's so many things that I've learned this year f for sure that, you know, uh, never would have made it into my realm of consciousness had it not been for mm -hmm. the way things are. So, yeah, there's, well, there's right. silver linings and, and, to it for sure. Well, and I think just the community really came together in spite of everything. Like, Olivia, if, if we didn't start streaming games on our end, I don't think we would have gotten to become as close friends with you just because... You know, we streamed games together. We had you on the show. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think the community really came together just as a whole and said, you know what? Yeah. Situation kind of sucks, but we're, we're going to rally. We're going to play a bunch of games. Like, we're going to figure it out. And yeah. I've gotten to play a ton of games with people I would not have gotten to meet or play with otherwise. Yep. And it, it's just, that's probably, like, one of the coolest things, I think, is just not just do I get to play a lot of games personally, but I got to play games with a lot of really cool people. Yeah, very much. This the the my favorite part of this year, hectic though it has obviously been. Even we went to video this year, which was awesome. Like the podcast is on video now. Yay. That was amazing. We started streaming and that has been such a joy. But really the coolest thing about this year has absolutely been the fact that the community remembered to put the gathering in Magic the Gathering. Mm. We couldn't help but do it. And that's just an absolutely shining thing and if, uh, for me from this year that uh, is really going to carry me on into 2021. I tell you what. And if I can be so bold, it was Commander that did that. Like it was our format. It was. Like, mm -hmm. let's be real. thousand percent. It was us. Absolutely. Um, there it is. I Commander player saved magic. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> dare I ask if there were any lowlights of the year? <clears throat> Whatever do you mean? I mean, I, I had to cancel my flight to Seattle. And I mean, I know I was very excited to see you guys in person again. Um, Olivia, I'm sure you probably would have been at Magic Fest Seattle. Just saying. So like the fact that we had to do it over webcam instead of in person, like... Anybody who's met me for more than 20 seconds knows I'm a hugger. So the, the lack of <laughs> the hugs that we're giving hugs will be distributed. Oh my God. We would have had a hug off to see whose ribs would have cracked first. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. The, the external stuff was definitely a downer this year, missing out on events. Um, and, you know, I guess 
I feel kind of bad saying that because people just generally had miserable, horrible years, whether it's, you know, just losing jobs or or being sick or in some cases having death in the family from yeah. from COVID. So it was absolutely a rough year just kind of in the abstract. Um, Game-wise, <laughs> um, it's been mentioned, but it's worth mentioning again, um, companions weren't great <laughs> in a lot of ways. I think that was... That was a pretty big issue, um, although it's kind of become a non-issue now. So it's like it's Basically, not a, it's not yeah. an ongoing thing, but it yeah. was definitely a problem at the time, and it's not something I I still like very much. I as not necessarily speaking as a member of the CAG, but uh, <laughs> I wish what we could have done was something akin to what Canadian Highlander did, of just saying, "Hey, mechanic doesn't work. Enjoy the cards." Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I fall right now as well. But what do I know? We, not my monkeys, not my circus. I can't ban things. I can't unban things. I just... just. Well, would you say that that's maybe your, your biggest low light of the year was the companions? Or is there I don't know that that was or? the biggest low light. Honestly, like, I know it, it's... We've... This horse is long dead, but the the secret layer walking dead. My only problem, mm-hmm. my sole problem, mechanically unique. If that had, if, mm-hmm. or if, mechanically unique slash the black border, had they been mechanically unique in silver, never a peep from me. Wouldn't have cared. Wouldn't have just pass it on by. Uh, yeah, that I had a problem with, but that necessarily wasn't a problem with magic or our format. So as far as that going, uh, yeah, Companions was just kind of like, what are we doing here? Outside of that, honestly, I don't really have any like big commander failings or terrible things in this year. It just all I have to go back to is like we came together, commander players as a community, and we're able to like continue playing, figuring out ways, being our creative janky selves of like, hey, you know what? A wooden spoon and stack of books will hold the webcam. Yeah, let's play a game. <laughs> I'm that's the that's what it warmed my heart this year, and I just want to focus on that. <laughs> I, it, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, it does feel a little strange for us to have talked about the positives. And oh, the yeah, of course. Like, low lights, but no, like the positives, none of these lowlights are overshadowing no. any of, of the positives at all. Like even one of the things that EDHREC was the most afraid about this year was <gasps> there are a bunch of new partners, partners. and we still managed to get through Yay. it. So like that's that is a absolute highlight for sure. Was a lowlight turned into something good. That's absolutely what we focus on. Yeah. Man, I guess that just kind of leaves me with a question. I asked it at the beginning of just like, are we leaning towards a thumbs up or thumbs down? How are we feeling? But uh, Olivia, I'll ask you first. Do you think that the year of Commander was a success? I think that the year of Commander wasn't negative. (laughs) 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 I mean, it's just, again, with how much stuff came up and uh, came out this year and so much of it could easily be incorporated by Commander players. How, like, uh, even if they just scaled back for the year of Commander, just being having more pre-cons, it still, like, we had a lot of stuff come out for us this year. And it seems more and more that... uh, Commander's becoming a design focus, which personally I'm not crazy about. And, you know, you can have whatever opinion you want and that's fine. But I think that it's kind of like every year is becoming the year of Commander. So this one felt Mm. like it was too, like, it was a lot. It was a lot. There's nothing that was so format warping that I'm upset about it. There was nothing so format warping that was super great and just completely like beacon of light. Like this is going to save us. This is exactly what we needed. There's nothing I have to complain about this. Um, I I didn't hate it, (laughs) but I'm okay if we like, if we scaled back a little for 2021. (laughs) I I, I think talking about how this is the new normal moving forward is a really good point because 
This was the year of Commander, but I would guess when we reconvene at the end of 2021, <laughs> I don't know if the conversation is going to be much different aside from Commander Legends. We're going to get same amount of sets. We're going to get probably roughly the same amount of Legends in most of mm -hmm. those sets. I yeah. think that's the way they're designing moving forward. So instead of Commander Legends, we'll be talking about Modern Horizons 2, which is still going to have a, a ton a of Commander-ready mm -hmm. product in it as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was the year of Commander, but I'm going to guess 2021 is unofficially going to be the same as <laughs> yeah. is 2022 and uh -huh. 2023. And I think as long as there's this many Commander players out there, they're just going to keep serving us product. So yeah. uh, this is just the way I think it's going to be in the future. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we and, and I'm cool with that. We <laughs> joked a few times about... Oh, well, we just did a, a set review. Join in next week when we're going to do another set review. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, that, that's all well and good. But, like, it, at a certain point in time, yeah, yeah like, I, I appreciate and I'm glad that 2020 was the year of Commander. Yeah. Now I want to recover and be able to appreciate yes. everything that we got. Because I don't, like, like we've said four or five times on the show already, we haven't had a chance to appreciate everything that we got this year. So I hope that they at least, like, maybe not hit the brakes, but like let their foot off the gas at least. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you, Olivia. Like I, I would, I would love if they would stop putting commander plants into standard legal sets. Cause I mean, we saw what Omnath did with standard for a while and historic right. and mm -hmm. every other 60 card format. So like I, at a certain point, I think the power is going to be so pushed for commander. It leaks over into other formats. Like we saw with companion that ruined, like we had a, we had a vintage ban this year because of companion. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that hadn't happened since Scheherazade. That's so <laughs> long ago. So like, it's just, it's, I hope that as, as great as what everything that we got in 2020 was, I hope that we have a chance just to slow down and like smell the roses a yes. little bit. Yes. I, I love the way that you phrased that. There were, I think, if I'm counting correctly, 175 new commanders this year, but that's just it. I, I don't know if I got that number correct right. um, mm -hmm. because of just how much there was. And I, th this is also just kind of a year of density for it too, for sure, because there's a lot that might get buried among that. So it's a year that, um, you know, a little bit of distance from to be able to continue digging through is going to yield even more results. And we definitely need that time to be able to appreciate it and unearth all of those on just phenomenal designs um, so that we can appreciate it, just like you said, uh, smelling the roses. And I think overall, though, I am happier with uh, where Commander is maybe at in 2020 than I was at the end of 2019 as well. Even if I am a little bit like, ooh, is this going to be a bit of the new normal in the yeah. following years? I think overall I am like happier in 2020 where Magic is at uh, than I was, you know, I was a lot more suspicious at the end of 2019, yeah. I think. And I don't mean to sound negative like when I say, like, you know, here are the things, because I feel like I'm waffling so much at the same time it's like like you've said and like we've said this entire podcast there's been so much like i don't even have my head wrapped around the entirety of it yet like i feel like i can't necessarily have a very strong positive negative and it's like i still don't know half of the cards that came out this year like i couldn't tell you like you said there's 170 legendaries i would be impressed if i could name 50 of them right now right. i i would no it would blow like, my I, mind i'd I, be like man i really retained this and had no idea it's just there's like, so much like i i don't know if i have a really solid feeling on it because i haven't even explored everything that happened this year well, like ice cream is great, but like if someone keeps handing you ice cream and an ice cream cone, an ice cream, an ice cream, and then says, "How how was your ice cream?" You're gonna at some point say, "That was just a lot of ice cream." <laughs> Sounds like you just don't like ice like, cream, and you need to shut I don't up. Know, you need to buck up, man. <laughs> Trust me, I like ice cream. No one's gonna look at me and question my love of ice cream. 
um, but yeah, like at some point, no matter how much you like it, when there's just that much of it, you're ju- you just need a breather. And I think we're, we're all kind of at that point. We loved a lot of the ice cream this year, yes. but we've just had enough ice cream for the moment. Can I please look at a vegetable? That would be awesome. Right. <laughs> right. right. Just any just fiber prove at all. Prove they still exist. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Oh, man, that's really, really great. So, yeah, overall, we're really happy with some stuff in 2020. It's really cool to have gone over everything that has happened this year, even if it is difficult to do so sometimes, because as aforementioned, time is a lie now. (laughs) It sure is. So, Olivia, we really appreciate you joining uh, us so that we can uh, sort through that timeline um, and figure out where we are and where Commander is at. Um, With this, I really think that we probably ought to call this episode to a close. But Olivia, if folks are interested in seeing your content, your gameplay streams, uh, or your upcoming Thalese cosplay, as we know is definitely going to happen, where is it on the interwebs that they can find you? So they can find me on Twitter.com. My last name, Gobert Hicks, G-O-B-E-R-T-H-I-C-K-S. And then I stream Commander Gameplay Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, probably more as time starts allowing uh, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash affinity artifacts. And you can find Joey there some nights. (laughs) <laughs> talking about how great Aaron is and getting a lot of tokens on the board with the lease, which should have been more, but it's fine. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> no hard feelings, no hard Zero. feelings. Zero, no not, anyway. not a one, not a one, not a one. Anyway, fellas, if our listeners would like to get in touch with us, where can they find you? Answer quickly before Olivia throttles me. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take my time then because I want that throttling to happen. <laughs> Um, but you She's can gonna find reach me. to the web game and joke me. It's gonna be bad. Yeah, you can find me at Mathemus55 on Twitter. That's M-A-T-H-I-M-U-S 55. You can find all three of us and Olivia some nights, twitch.tv slash EDH Retcast. I mean, apparently if you're a CAG member, you just gotta come on, hang out, play some games with us. So definitely tune into those Wednesday evenings. We have all sorts of great guests. Um, Olivia definitely is one of those great category oh, guests. Oh, good. I was gonna say Olivia's a guest is, is what I was expecting. So we have great guests and then Olivia. And she shows no, up sometimes. No. <laughs> And how about you, Dana? You can find me on the Twitter birds at Dana Roach. You can hear me on my other podcast, CMDR Central. And you can find all of us at patreon.com slash EDHRecast. And I'm Joey Schultz. You can find me at Joseph M. Schultz on Twitter. You can also find the cast at EDHRecast on Facebook and on Twitter. And if you have a question, you can contact us at EDHRecast at gmail.com. Our thanks go out again to Josh Lequai and the whole team at the Command Zone for handling the post-production work on our podcast. And our thanks to our sponsors, that's TCG Player and CardKingdom.com. You can find them using the price info links on EDHREC or by visiting CardKingdom.com slash EDHREC to show your support for the show. Uh, Listeners, we are going to be taking next week off for the holiday, so this will be our final episode for the year, but we will be back on January 1st. It was definitely uh, one heck of a year for EDH Rec. We got a whole lot done, but we've also got some um, some spicy stuff coming up in 2020, uh, 2021 as well. So, you know, keep your eye on the front page of EDH Rec to see what might be coming. Uh, we hope everyone out there has a happy and safe holiday season. Remember to wear a mask that black lives and black trans lives still matter. And we will be back at you next year with more data and insights. But until then, remember, EDH wreck your deck before you wreck your deck. Wreck your deck.